by yourself and no one else. All right. What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Trap Podcast. I am your host, Bill Botch, along with a new friend, our buddy Ali, calling in from Montreal. Is that right, Ali? That's it. That's it. Come on. Yeah, so Ali is from uh, Montreal, and uh, he is uh, Mr. White, a.k.a. Jack of Hearts on Twitter. Some of you may know him. And I like to think of myself as a man of the people to where when I make bold claims and I put myself out there and if I talk shit or anything like that, I'm going to give the devil's faithful and the people that listen to this show an opportunity to come on and tell me why I'm wrong or, or give me the opinion from the other side and really hear everybody out and try to understand both sides of uh the opinion and the last episode i did i i think i was crucial of lindy ruff's roster management and um ali has has really been pretty vocal about uh he you know he you think that lindy ruff is doing a a, a good job and he and he does the right thing by our players uh, but before we jump into that real quick how would you how do you become a Devils fan living in Montreal, if you don't mind me asking? Uh, no, yeah. Uh, good question. Question that I get all the time, actually. Um, first game I saw live was at the Forum. Uh, the Habs got whooped. And uh, I'm like, well, why am I, you know, why is everybody cheering for that team? I mean, the other team is way, way better than them. Um, so, yeah, I became a Devils fan, uh, you know, by a blowout at uh, the Forum, maybe. Uh, give or take 30 something years ago um the fact that everybody here in montreal seemed to despise the devils um was was another bonus for me because i can't stand the media here the fans are even worse um they don't know much about the sport honestly uh they know a lot about the Habs, but they don't know about whatever else is going on in the league and, um, yeah, so I kind of, uh, liked, um, to, you know, take the underdog, so to speak. Um, yeah. And I became a Devils fan ever since, uh, saw the, uh, Devils sweep the Red Wings for the first cup and then the rest was history. Right. So, um, yeah. That's awesome. Damn. You got to go to the old Montreal forum, huh? Yeah. Well, I mean, I was 10, so I don't remember much, yeah. but yeah, it's still, uh, it was still a shrine. Uh, back then and then they flipped it and it's uh it's a movie theater now with the gym inside and uh starbucks so wow wow yeah i mean that is like hockey mecca really um the the amount of stanley cups and great games and legends that played on that ice surface is is so sick i mean they used to not have the glass behind the benches to where the ownership used to sit like right behind the players on the bench and everything and obviously the patrick was you know, story Tremblay saga. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And that, and, um, I never, I never got to go to the forum, but I have been up to Montreal for, um, for some games. We went up for that, uh, Montreal playoff run when PK Subban first came into the league, they played the Washington capitals and then they went on to play the flyers. Um, and it was like one of me and my wife's like first dates, I figured what better than to kidnap her, drive her out of the country about, you know, seven hours away and go up to Montreal for a game. 
And the fan base is insanely passionate. It's definitely a little bit different than catching a game in the States. They're, they have like more of like a, almost like a, a lot of like soccer chants and stuff like that. I felt like it, it felt, you know, a little different, but um, very passionate fan base. And, um, but they, I mean, it's been a long time since they've had any success. It's that, that city's due for some, uh, some good hockey to come through there at some point, but yeah, uh, they had that bubble run there and that's about it. But uh, other than that, um, yeah, you're right. I mean, they've, they've been really bad uh, and I couldn't be happier. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah I, I could, I, I could definitely imagine them being pretty obnoxious if I lived up there, especially in the media. And it's like, they talk about how just the Montreal fan base and the media kind of eat their young. They don't give their kids a chance to succeed. Um, you know, there's no patience at all. They turn on them really quick. Um, and well, it's a good seg into where we're getting into and we're getting into the Alex Holt situation, which, you know, I came out last, you know, earlier in the week and I, and I was just honest and like, I, I don't want to, I, I always said, if I was going to do this, I'm going to tell you exactly how I really feel. And if it doesn't, and people don't agree with it, then they don't agree with it. But I'd like to give everybody a chance to, to, talk it out and this is kind of the fun of the whole situation this is why i started a podcast to begin with is so that we could have these arguments and stuff and i grew up listening to there was a guy on the radio in new york his name is mike francesa and i don't know if you've ever heard of him but he was like this like famous italian new yorker from long island and fans would just call in all day and he would argue with uh, on the radio and it was like such entertainment for me and um i thought this would be a good opportunity me and you have gone back and forth for a while now between, and you like to stir the pot a little bit. You got a little jersey in you, dude. So I, I, <laughs> like that. you're kind of, you can get kind of snarky and, and start some shit. And I, I figured let's have this guy on and let's talk some, let's talk some development. Let's talk some Lindy Ruff. Let's talk some Alex Holt. So uh, where do you want to start? Who do you want to, where do you want to? Um, well, I mean, um, you know, I, the first reply that, that I made was based on, on, on the comment of um, Alex Holtz is getting, um, you know, the butt end of the stick, so to speak. And, and you know, he's not he's getting a bad rap. He's not getting top six minutes and this and that. And he got dropped to the third and the fourth. And, you know, he's playing with, with scrubs. And um, I, I was like, I get all that, but there's no space for him in the top six. And, and where the where the devils are at right now they're not in a position to start grooming people and, and like, you know, uh, we have a Stanley cup contending team. We have a top five team. That's my, my personal opinion. And, um, you know, we got Timo Meyer, we got Brad on the wing. Uh, we got, um, I know he's not a favorite of a lot of people, but we got Palat, we got Mercer, um, you know, we got a boat like we are stacked and Holtz is unfortunately not good enough to bump any of those guys. Um, and I understand that putting him on a third line would be best for him, but putting him on a fourth line isn't all that bad because ever since he's been there, he's been playing his best hockey in New Jersey, um, I find. And yes, putting him alongside a couple of, of grinders is not ideal for for his learning curve but uh i mean if he you know parise started on the fourth line right and he just built his way up i mean granted the team we had back then was was 
not as good as the one we have now. So it's going to be hard for him to basically, you know, try to make his make his place on the roster we have now. We got we we got like a legit all star roster, you know. We do, um, we do, and and and, and I, I would say so. Where I where I differ in opinion is I still think there is a lot of grooming to go on. So you have Alex Holtz, you have Luke Hughes, you have a second overall pick in Nemitz. Um, and even like a guy like Dawson Mercer, he's been in the league for two years, but I still think there is youth on this team. Kevin Ball is a young guy. Akira Schmidt is still a young guy to where we our Stanley Cup window has definitely opened. Um, and I think that the team is playing to win, but I think that we still have assets that are that are too high of draft picks to kind of, you know, hey, listen, this train is leaving the station, and if you're not on it already, then you're screwed. I think that we still have some grooming and some maturation ahead of us. Um, I think Holtz has played his best hockey on the fourth line, but that's because he's been put on the fourth line. So I think that if you had the opportunity to play, I would be fine with him playing on the third line. I think you brought up Palat. I like Palat. I loved Palat when he played for Tampa. He's a he's a great role player. He's the kind of player that makes a difference in the playoffs. Locker room guy. Like he's good. I think the people the the thing that people have with Palat is his his contract is a little much. But in my opinion, Palat is like a perfect third line player. So I don't understand. My point is I don't understand why you played Holtz in the top six for whether you want the Nico line to be the first line or the Jack line to be the first line. Why'd you play him in the top six the entire playoffs? I thought, I think that he's looked pretty good. Like he doesn't look out of place. There were times last year when he was playing on the third line where he looked like shit. He had no business being on the ice. He was when the, when he was away from the puck, he didn't know where he was supposed to be. And I completely understand that, that, Hey, listen, like we have a good team. We're about to break the devil's all time point record. Um, and they had to yank him off the ice. But I think they've asked he they've asked him to get his speed up. They've asked him to, you know, try to be a more cerebral player. And I think he's kind of done everything that they've asked. He's a seventh overall pick. Like do you think that Lindy Ruff has him in his doghouse for a reason besides on the ice? Um, it's it's hard to say, right? Because I, and and where where I do agree with you on on the Alex Holt saga is um, why play him in the top six with top guns like with our best players during uh, training camp during preseason, and then boom, as soon as the season kicks in. Like this guy's demoted to the bottom six. Like, uh, what's the point of that? Like, he showed, he showed it during the regular. Uh, sorry, during preseason, and and all of a sudden the season kicks in. You know, uh, day one, and he, you know, he has like zero leash uh, for whatever reason. I don't know. Uh, doesn't seem like doesn't make any sense to me, right? Like, you you try him during a month on on your top two lines and then as soon as as soon as the season kicks off he he's bottom six like last year right he had his first game against the flyers scored a goal and then right. never heard from the guy again for like about two months so right so so like so this is what i'm asking do you think do you think it's a personal situation with rough to where rough just doesn't like his game 
regardless of what he does, he just sticks in Ruff's craw the wrong way. Because if that's the case, um, because in the offseason, Fitzgerald kind of stood up and said, hey, listen, I think that you know we mismanaged him by letting him sit out so many games and not sending him down to Utica earlier because the best progression for a young player is to play games. He's in this weird situation where he's too good to play in Utica and he plays really good on the top line in Utica and then they bring him to Jersey and he, and he doesn't really do anything. And I think it's because, you know, they want him to be an offensive threat in Utica and then they're asking him to play on – I'm not. they're not necessarily asking him to play a checking role, but he's put into a situation where the third or the fourth line – is a checking is a checking line for the most part. Not so much the third line anymore. It's not like back in the day, but um, you know, it's one of these things to where if Lindy Ruff doesn't like him, that's fine. But maybe play him so that at least he, he there's some tape on the kid, and at least you can maybe showcase him and try to shop him out if that's the case. Yeah, I, I you know we got an old school coach, right? Um, and and old school coaches what they tend to do is that if you're a rookie right off the bat, you're, you're, you're not in his good grace right off the bat, you know, like he old school coaches like to play veterans. We right. all know that. And the thing is, is that if you don't have a stellar 200 foot game right off the bat as a rookie, you're going to get, you know, you're not going to get prime minutes. Dawson Mercer, when he first stepped in, had a 200 foot game, this guy, like he knows what he's doing on the ice. He knows where to be. He knows you know, if he doesn't have the puck, he knows who to cover and, and all that stuff, right? So that's why he had he had the time, on, you know, like the, the ice time that, that he had in his rookie year. And even his second year, he's struggling a bit this year. But, I mean, whatever. He's still, he's still a solid player for us, even though he's not padding the stat sheet. I mean, we're not going to get players – we're not going to get five, six, seven players racking up more than a point per game – that, that, that's like back in the days when Colorado had like, you know, Korea and Salani on the third line. Like these guys are not going to get a hundred points each, right? Even though they're a hundred point players, if they're playing, you know, roughly by on their own, right. like Timo Meyer last year with San Jose, he was scoring left, right and center. He's right. not going to do that this There's year. There's not enough puck to go around. Right. Exactly. And, and, and I get that. And, but it's like, do you think David Pasternak would work on a third line or a fourth line? No. Uh, you know, but, uh, and I'm not, and I'm not necessarily comparing. I don't think Alex Holt is as good as David Pasternak, but I think that they have some of the same, like they were drafted for the same reasons as in, you're going to be a big winger who we're going to have, we're going to try to find them some open ice. And we're going to let your shot go. That's what we're, we're paying for this kid's shot. And they're like not putting him in a situation where, there's a lot of chance to create open ice. And you would think that he would play with Nico, or do you think that he would play with Jack, especially who creates the most open ice? And they don't even play him with Mike McLeod. They're playing him with Tierney now. And like I'm looking at the roster for tonight. And um and I'm looking and it's like you got Mike McLeod playing. I understand that Nico's hurt. You have Mike McLeod playing as your second line center. And you have tyranny on your fourth line with Bastion and Holt. Like, why not? If it was me, why not make put Mercer at center? I get it. He's off to a slow start. He's a natural. He was a natural center. He plays a two hundred foot game, and go Jack, Mercer, Halla, McLeod, and you could play Holt, Mercer, 
to Foley if you wanted to. Yeah, I mean, look, I, I can't, I can't disagree with you there. I, I even said the same thing when, when there was a question asked on uh, Twitter saying, "Well, who should be the second line center, uh, McLeod or Mercer?" And I'm like, "Well, Mercer, Mercer, you know, gelled tremendously with Brad. Uh, when was it? Last year or two years ago? When, when they played on the line together and they and they were killing it. So, I mean, he has way more offensive. Uh, he has way more of an offensive game." Than McLeod, and we all know that. I I love McLeod. I backed McLeod up when that scandal happened two years That's ago, right, and did. people were shitting on me left, right, and center. And then he just exploded during the playoffs, and people people were like, "Oh fuck, I love McLeod now. He's super good. You know, the right. stud goes in the corner. Yeah, he pays the price. He's a good third, fourth line center. I mean, we're not asking him to score twenty goals, but no. yeah, like to get back to your point, I would have Mercer on the second line have a more offensive second line to, to back Jack on the first one since Nico's not here. Like you said, Holler on the third, and then you slide McLeod, uh, McLeod on the fourth. And, and yeah. you know, that's it. Yeah, it, it would probably be Brat Mercer, Holt if I had a second line. And then if it didn't work and it was like Mercer hasn't been going and then maybe Holtz does not look like he's playing enough responsible defensively or he's not playing away from the puck, then you can move Pallad up to play, you know, with them. But to me, Pallad is like the perfect third line player. I don't understand why they're like forcing him to play in alongside Nico. Like I, I just, I think they're forcing it a bit and I get it. I, you're right. Like Lindy Ruff likes old school players. He likes veterans he feels like he doesn't have to worry about him as much. They understand all the situations. You can put him in. And we can get into it. And it's another reason that I kind of got on rough was the, the Brendan Smith, the, the, the defending Brendan Smith to this point is really getting old. I understand he's handcuffed. And, you know, um, Colin Miller is injured and, and Nemitz was injured and Hataka is injured. But... At some point, you got to make a change because I don't think that he's a seriously serviceable sixth defenseman at this point. What 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 are your thoughts on Ruff's handling? It's one thing if he's it's one thing if Ruff is just playing Brendan Smith, but he's actually publicly coming out and talking about how he likes parts of his game. And it's if you're watching the games, man, it gets really hard to defend at some point. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, we all know the stat that he was like the second or third worst. D man uh, in the entire league, um, uh, you know, uh, analytically. But um, the thing is, is that I mean, he, he's not. He could do that with certain players, and and kind of you know, uh, talk about their game in in a in a negative way, so to speak. But he can't do that with Smith because he knows he. I mean, that guy's not an idiot. He knows that Smith isn't up to par, right? So if he just throws Smith under the bus then he just lost the only guy that we honestly have right now on our roster that's that's available to him. Or else, I mean, the only thing left is to use 5D and 13 forwards, which uh, I've never seen, uh, you know, right in, in the past decade plus, if not more than that. What are your but, thoughts on doing what – what are your thoughts on doing it the other way? What do you think about if you rolled out 7D and then you – Let's say you wanted to bring Nemitz up and give him a look. And I understand he's very young, and he would probably get a ton of shit from a from a coach that wants people who are going to be – I worry about def- – young defensemen scare me in their own end. You know what I mean? That's kind of something that 
I think they turn the puck over. They get turned around a lot. Um, but what if you ran seven defensemen out? I think that they like Smith because he could play the penalty kill. I think that's like a huge thing with, with him. And you maybe sheltered Nemitz's minutes or who knows what's going to happen when Colin Miller comes back. He may just come back and be the sixth defenseman, depending on how he looks. He looked like shit in the preseason. Um, but maybe like bring somebody or even Cal foot, even like let Cal foot play and rotate them kind of in and out, depending on the situation and then see who is, you know, I go to a lot of games. Like I have season tickets. I go to a lot of games and like, I just see Smith like pinching a lot and he can't skate. And I'm thinking to myself, like Jesus Christ, like he's so out of position and Nine times out of ten, like, it doesn't cost us a goal or anything, but I, I feel like the odd man rushes going the other way are going to catch up to us. And I think yeah, and he's like, playing with Luke, who likes to, you know, like likes to play an play. offensive game. So you can't have two guys basically, you know, be behind the goal line or below the goal line. Um, and, and no, I mean, look, right now, Ruff is, is you know, is in a would bad play, spot. Would you, play Luke, would you play Luke with Brendan Marino? Smith? I, I would play yeah. Luke with John Marino, bring ball down and yep. and like this this super defensive tandem of ball and Marino is good. But I mean we have we have a thoroughbred and 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 Luke Hughes, just let him run wild. Let him do his thing. Marino is I mean, I don't know what the hell Pittsburgh was thinking about sending us Marino, but good for us. Uh but he he he's your He's your new prototypical prototypical defensive demon now. I mean, yep. he could skate. He plays D. He makes a nice outlet pass, uh, and and just let you, uh, Luke, do his thing, and that's it. It's um, you know, I I get that they want to have like a shutdown pairing, but um, it, it, to me, to me, I look at it and I think they want Luke to be the Damon Severson and play in the third <sighs> pairing on the right side. I'm just saying for right now, like he could, yeah. he could move the puck and like, no, cause you just said Damon Severson and I just yeah, it's tough. Yeah, twitched yeah. a bit. So yeah. Um, yeah. It's like, it's like uh dumb and dumber when he, when he, the cop drinks. The <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. Don't talk about Luke. Like, <laughs> don't bring Damon Severson's name up when we're talking about Luke Hughes, but I just feel like ball wants ball wants uh, Lindy wants ball to be graves and then pair him with Marino, and then he wants, you know, he wants, he looks at Luke, and he's like, he's like almost like a, a Severson right now, and it's like, it's not it's not really working, you know what I mean? Like, Marino hasn't had a great start to the season. I'm not worried about him, but I would like to see them switch it up, and I think that Luke Hughes honestly has deserved some more ice time. Um, he's played really well, and the biggest thing I was concerned about coming into the season was I – like I said, I'm worried about young players. He is a guy that likes to take risks. He likes to, you know, dangle and, and do fancy moves. And it's like I worried about him not maybe not respecting the speed of the NHL as it's not college anymore. But I think yeah. he's done himself really well. I think he's made very – sometimes you need to make the easy play. And uh, he hasn't put himself in a ton of crazy positions. There's been a couple times where he's been beat and caught out of position. But that's understandable, and I expect that with any young defenseman. Um, what are your thoughts on, like, you know I'm a Nemitz guy. 
What are your thoughts on bringing Nemitz up? Do you think it's going to happen this year, or do you think that's just too much youth? Do you think Lindy is just I like he can't do it? Like it's just you know it's a lot. Well, he's going to be the first guy called up once once there's a there, there's an injury. I mean he he was injured, which is one of the reasons why um, you know he didn't get that call uh, when Colin Miller was placed on um, on. Uh, yeah, I are, but um, yeah, I, I mean, I, I'm a big Nemitz fan as well. Um, I just feel that right now with Luke and uh, Nemitz in, in, in the lineup, it wouldn't be all that um, great for Ruff, not necessarily for the team or for the kids getting a, getting a shot, you know, getting a kick at the can. Um, but um, yeah, I, I, I just think that with uh, Luke in there, um, you know, again, old school coach. He doesn't want to have, you know, on a, on a Stanley Cup contending team. He doesn't want to have three, four rookies to deal with. He wants a team of veterans, and that's maybe one of the reasons why he's pushing Holtz aside a bit. And um, so do you, you know, think he can't that- necessarily do it with Luke because then he'll have yeah. Jack up his <laughs> up oh, his totally. up his ass and asking questions and and whatever else, right? But I mean, I don't think that Luke is getting his shot based on his brother. He's just a really solid player. Uh, you know, he's he's quarterbacking our number one power play, who's clicking at a just insane pace right now. Um, but yeah, I mean, in order for for him to add in somebody like Nemec on top of Holtz and Luke, I think that is a little bit too much for. Lindy Ruff's taste, uh, in so, my opinion. Right. And this is what we were arguing about. So, but you like that Ruff is, you like that he's this conservative. I don't like it. I, I'm just saying that, look, he's there to win games. He's not there to groom anybody, right? Like he, his main goal is to beat the record he beat last year and try to get the best out of his team. That's, think what, that's what's best for the organization. I mean, it did wonders last year, right? It's just the, the the thing is, is that if we wouldn't have went out and 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 re-signed Timo Meyer, there was a spot there for Alex Holtz, but Fitz is and and that's just my personal opinion. Fitz has been doing. Fitz has been schooling everybody in regards to contracts, salary cap, and all that, and the more time he basically. I don't want to say waste here, but the more time he basically gives for the young guys to get their groove and, and, and feel comfortable and, and, you know, at the NHL level and all that stuff, it's years that he's burning off these absurd contract that he's, that he gave out to Jack Hughes and all these guys. And that's why I got into a little bit of um, a thing during the summer with, um, with another guy on Twitter, Joseph, about goaltending issue. I mean, he was like, no, we're adamant. Kira Schmidt is our guy. And then we got VTech. They crushed it last year, blah, blah, blah. I'm, I'm like, yeah, okay, fine. But the contracts that Fitz gave out is for now. I mean, we have Jack Hughes on a laugher of a deal for the next, you know, six years, seven years. Yeah. Um, and, and he has to maximize those contracts because as soon as those end, these guys are coming back and knocking at Fitz's door. If he's still here, I think he will be and saying, look, you know, I gave you guys a break for about eight years. Sure. I want to get paid. Sure. And that's why I think that these guys are, are kind of 
moving forward with the notion of we're in this to win now and whether it's going to be to the detriment of Alex Holtz, unfortunately, or and maybe even, then Simon would... Nemec staying another year in the AHL, then so be it. Right. Yeah, and it's like they, they still do have like young, very high-end prospects that I, I look at it and I think to myself, long-term, like, I mean, what do you think the Devils' chances are winning the Stanley Cup this year with – if they don't get an upgrade, in that's zero. No, zero. Well, not not zero. I mean, no, no, look, no, we no, still have a chance, no, it's but I mean, slim. it's very slim. I'm I'm with you. We're on the yeah. same page. Like I think that they need to make a move in net. Otherwise, I can't see them. I can't see them just going through rounds and rounds in the playoffs. Schmidt has to. I mean, he has to pick his game up. Everybody is pulling backflips on Akira Schmidt because of what he did against the Rangers. We right. all know. You know the Rangers are a nemesis. Uh, you know, yeah, it, was emo- in, he, it, was, it was an emotional. That's that's an emotional love for him based yes, on that series. Exactly, he didn't prove anything. Yes, he probably had the he has the upside of of being that. But so far to start the season, he hasn't shown or or uh, you know been awful. Con- exactly, there you go. You know, like I don't want to say it, but yeah, he he's been awful. And 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 Vitek hasn't been. All that better. I mean, we're 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 scoring at a three, three and a half, almost a four goals per game clip here, and and we're still losing games because our goalies and part of it is our defense as well. I get yep. that, but the safe percentage of our, of both our goaltenders is below nine hundred. Like I, that's I, that's garbage. I think, I think our power play is making up for a bunch of deficiencies that the team has right now, and my this is the way I'm thinking about it. If if they're never going to say that we don't think we have a chance to win the Stanley cup this year, because they do have so much talent and they did make such a splash and there's been so much hype around the team. But in my opinion, if it means burning one year and you give a full year of Holt playing in a role that he would be playing moving forward and you let him make some mistakes, let's say give him 20 games, like put him in a role where you actually think that he's going to play in the future and you could always, I mean, Lindy Ruff's going to put the lines in a blender anyway, so we know that that's going to happen. But or if it's halfway through the season and Brendan Smith still looks as bad as he does, you bring Nemitz up, you let him play 15 games, get, you know, don't just put him in for two or three games and just, you know, give him a chance to, like, get comfortable, understand the speed of the game, know that he's not just looking over his shoulder the entire time. And if it means that they come into next year and they're, kind of seasoned a little bit and they think like, all right, this is my role. I have nobody, you know, I don't have to worry about losing this role. Nemitz plays the right side as the sixth defenseman. He's still going to shelter him. You're going to have Luke playing on the second pairing, hopefully. And you have Dougie. You're basically, your defense would be set for the next six, seven years. Yeah. Um, And then if you have Holtz and you, and you're able to play him, even if it's on a third line, but you can't, he's not going to play on a fourth line. I know that. And it's like, cause he's going to get to the point where he's going to be looking for another contract. Cause he's been around for a little while now too. And it's like, yeah. he's gonna be looking for another contract. He's either going to want to get traded. He knows that he doesn't belong. Like he's, he, his skill set does not fit the fourth. He's line. not a bottom. He's not no, a bottom six. He's going to be like, just move me. Like, it's okay. Yeah. I'll go try it somewhere else. Um, 
And I'd like to at least get something for him if that was the case. So if you play him in a position where he could has a chance to succeed and he spots 15, 20 goals, something like that, at least you could, like, move him. And people think, well, this is a kid that was drafted really high, had great pedigree coming out of Sweden. He's played with, you know, um, William Eklund, and he's played with Lucas Raymond, and he never really had a chance. He got buried in Jersey over and over. I think that, you know, a change of scenery, we could turn this kid into something. And, like, there's a lot of people that you could trade that still think very, I think that still think pretty highly of him. But he's getting a little long in the tooth. So, like, you got to make a move with him, like, sooner or later. Like, we have to know what he is. And that's the same thing that I've been saying with Akira Schmid. At some point, you got to, like, play the kid enough and, like, give him enough starts and, like, not make him wait nine, ten days so that at least you know what you have. So moving forward, you could be like, all right, Schmidt is, could be the potential goaltender of the future. You know, give him a year or two. He's got to ease into it. But if he looks the way he has in the first eight games of the season, and then if you go back to the Carolina playoff series, dude, that's not somebody that you're going to hang on to and pay him like he's going to be a starting goaltender moving forward, or you're going to risk being the Edmonton Oilers and having this great team, but not having anybody in net. You know what I mean? So I think at some point you got to, even when, even if he's shit in the bed, you got to throw him out there and get the kids some reps so that you know what you're dealing with so that you could plan for the future. You know what I mean? I think that call has to come from Fitz because it's not going to come from rough. It's not going to come from win games. He, he, he's there to win games. He's not there to basically, uh, you know, um, slide in a rookie and say, look, you know, we're going to give this guy a chance because you know, as well as I do coaches like the, the, um, like the, um, um, like coaches last on one team, what, like a couple of years. There's yeah, other right. than Sullivan. I mean, like their, their, their life expectancy is, is like what? Right. Three they're years. All they're all retreads. Right. Yeah, exactly. So he's there to basically win as many games as possible. And, and, if if that's the route that they want to take and not necessarily, I mean, it's not the right word, meaning sacrifice, but if they want to sacrifice this year to say, look, listen, we're going to try uh, Nemex, we're going to try Holtz, put in Schmidt there to see what what we have. And then if these guys are able to to bloom into something solid, then fine. We got major assets that we could deal with. And right. and if they can, basically, it's like a sink, sink or swim kind of thing. If they can't make it, then we'll just move on and we'll go acquire another goalie or another winger or yeah. another demon or whatever. Yeah, and you could right? trade so. them. I mean, you could you could trade, you know, a winger is not worth as much. But, I mean, if Nemitz didn't work out, you could always move him and get something very big. I mean, second overall yeah. right-hand defenseman, you could get whatever for. The, what worries me, though, is if Ruff handles and manages the team the way that he wants to now, and he plays that very conservative role and he's not willing to give these ch- kids a chance to groom. And then the team looks exactly the way they did or regresses a bit, which I thought that there was a chance of them doing that. I didn't think that they were going to come out and beat the franchise record for points again this year, back to back years. They did lose. You could hate them all you want, but they lost Severson who was at least a veteran defenseman who, can play the second power play, can play a penalty kill. They play and they lost Graves, who was good on the penalty kill. So they lost like some size and some experience. It's like what scares me is let's say this team think about how many games we came back and scored with the with our goalie pulled at the end of last year or we won in overtime. And it's like you drop a couple of those games, you don't have the same, you know, some of these guys don't have career years. Dougie had a career year, Jack Hughes 
looks like he's yeah, going to we be. We went cool. on a, like a what, 14, 13 game winning streak. Exactly. Uh, so like, you know, and if they go into the first round and then they run into the Rangers again or they run into whoever and they get knocked out and then it's like, all right, well, we're in the same exact spot that we were a year ago. But now some of these guys that we have were really high draft capital got spent on and we traded away players to get these people. And now they really haven't experienced the next level of their game. Of course, they should be getting better in the AHL and Holtz. I mean, I don't even know if you can send him back to the AHL at this point. I think he's pretty much he's a pro. So it's like, yeah, if if you're if you're we not, can't yo-yo the guy. I mean, we 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 can't. He's all over the place. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So he's kind of not stuck here. But if if we send him down, we're just gonna crush this guy. Right. We're gonna crush the kid. Um, I had a question for you since you had sure. a couple of questions for me. Um, do you think that um, uh, Holtz not playing in the top six might not necessarily come from rough and maybe come from, you know, the star players, the elite players that we have? Like Jack doesn't necessarily want to play with like, a rookie and wants Timo instead of, or, you know, Jasper or whoever else is playing on his wing instead of a rookie. Maybe he went up to Lindy and said, look, listen, you know, like I'm, I'm crushing it over here. Like, don't give me this kid. You know, like, I'm not saying that that's what he said, but I'm just saying, like, do you think that it might come from somebody else than the head coach? Um, I just being honest, I hadn't ever thought about that. So, like, my this is just my first reaction would probably I don't because I think that Brat and Holtz work together in the offseason in Sweden. I know that. Um, and maybe Nico could have. I could maybe maybe Nico could have I I don't know um he doesn't seem like the type of guy that would do that because because what happened the reason I don't think it is because is he played on the third line with none of those guys and then still got moved down yeah you know what I mean I think I think there's something with Ruff and Holtz to be honest I think (laughs) I, I I would not be surprised if literally Lindy Ruff just didn't like him as a person uh, yeah, I mean, he he seems to have, and and before he just you know exploded and opened everybody's eyes, he 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 wasn't too fond of uh, Jesper Brad either, right? Like he doesn't oh, seem to like Euros all that much. Uh, maybe the Euro style doesn't necessarily fit his style of grinding, bully forward, you know, type of forwards, whatever that that go and muck muck it up in the corners. Right. Brad has changed that. He pulled a 180 because I was on his case Me massively too. last year when he flamingoed uh, off that point shot there that, that in, in that Carolina series, you know, he didn't flamingo. He just didn't, he, he wasn't in, in the lane at all. Right. Um, and uh, so, yeah, I was on his case of, of being soft and that we might regret that contract and all that. But he's he's been he pulled a 180 on me and I couldn't be happier about that, honestly. Um, yeah, I, I was I was right there with you, dude. Uh, yeah, he it looked like he he avoided blocking that shot and he kind of disappeared in the playoffs for the most part. Um, uh, he had the good assist on the Dougie Hamilton goal, which was huge, yeah. obviously. But little uh, fumble there, but still he yeah, recovered. I, I, and uh, yeah, I, I was with you. I was really nervous about paying him a lot of money, and his game has looked by far the best of his career. And actually, it was funny because John Hines kind of had a problem with Jesper Bratt too for a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah he got benched. Uh, you know, he, he had games where he saw six, seven, eight minutes, 
and and everybody knew that the kid had talent. It's just sometimes, you know, uh, and it happens with most rookies. Unfortunately, as soon as you as soon as you mess up, your ass is on the bench and and you're not moving from there. You're you're skipping shifts and and you know, is it the right way of 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 going about it? Probably not. But again, these NHL coaches they have one thing on their mind and it's win games. And they don't really give a rat's ass about. Alex's holds learning curve and is he going to be here in a year, two years, three years? So that's why I'm saying it's more of like a, a Tom Fitzgerald type of thing where he has to step in and, and, and tell Fitz, look, listen, we need to see what these guys are made of. You know, if, he, if he's on the roster and we pick them seven overall to snipe goals left, right, and center, like he's not going to do it with Turney and Bastion and, and whoever shit players we have on our fourth line. Seriously. And that's it. So... That's- I get what you're saying. It's just that is it is it Ruff's intent on doing that? I mean, it is because he's the one putting him on the fourth line. But on the flip side, he's there to win games. And having Holtz on the fourth line, maybe he I, – I, I, like this might seem far-fetched, but maybe he's like, look, let's spread the wealth over here. Like if I put Holtz on the fourth line, he'll be facing the crappiest pairing on the other sure. team. And this guy could still snipe it like like crazy, right? It's just that he has nobody to pass him the puck. Uh, Dude, they're gr- they're grinding it out on the fourth line. Yeah, I know. It's like you, you got you got a mix of, of of players that don't mesh with one another at all. Like Bastion is just a dump and chase guy, right? He he'll go in the corners, grind it out, whatever. And then Turney, I mean, I didn't even know this guy was in the league until we picked him up uh, this summer. So. so so the game last, I want to say it was last Friday. Um, they played. They played Holtz on the fourth line with McLeod, and they look good. Yeah, they look good. I was yeah. like, "Holy shit!" It was the best. It was the best performance by Holtz he's had probably in his in his NHL career. Um, but yeah, there was some open ice for him. He was. They were dishing the puck back and forth to one another. So you want to play him on the fourth line with McLeod. At least McLeod has talent and has understanding of the game, and it's like he can make things happen. He goes to the net hard. But, like, yeah, like, Tierney, like, what? what is the connection between those two? You know what I mean? Like, I don't understand how Tierney and Bastion are going to – that just looks like that line's not going to succeed. No. Uh, when he, I'm looking at this lineup right now, this is what I'm thinking. I'm thinking – all right, it's Toffoli, Hughes, Meyer. They've been great. And then you have Palat, McLeod, Bratt. And I'm thinking, I like all of those guys. Mercer, Halla, Lazar. I like all those guys too, but I don't know if I really like them all together. You know what I mean? Like, Yeah. And then the fourth line is just like, look, whatever's left, let's just throw them out there and, and hope for the best, right? Like, it, it, To me, I would have put Mercer as a second line centerman, you leave Holtz with McLeod who showed promises together on the fourth line. Right. And then, um, yeah, you have Hollis center of the third line right. with, uh, you know, whoever's left. Exactly. You could have ran the second line out with, you could have been, it could have been uh brat Mercer and Holtz. And I mean, that's a lot of skill on one line. You're like, Oh shit. Yeah. You know what I mean? And just give him a chance. If it's not working, switch it up. No big deal. Yeah. Put a lot on the wing and drop Holtz down. You know what I mean? But, it is what it is, man. And um, shit, the game's starting in like five minutes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, dude, right. it, it was great having you on. And um, 
I hope that my accent wasn't all that bad. So, uh, yeah, I am French-Canadian, so I'm, I try to get... Uh... <laughs> nah, nah you, you sound like a Jersey guy through and through. Uh, cool. Yeah. <laughs> Good stuff. <laughs> yeah, man. Well, uh, Ali, I appreciate you coming on, dude. Keep talking shit on the internet, and uh, we'll keep arguing and go, getting after it. But uh, you ever want to hop on again, just shoot me a line and uh, whenever you want, dude. Cool. Chase Stillman, next topic. All right. <laughs> oh yeah chase stillman we didn't get into chase stillman oh shit yeah, that's you for round love, two you love chase stillman don't you i don't I, i'm not a big lover of i like i don't love the guy I, i'm just saying that we need guys like that to win games during the playoffs having these finesse guys during the regular season is all good and dandy but when you get to the playoffs and you face the same team in the best of seven you need guys like chase stillman i know people hate him i get that he did you know, jack <laughs> shit last year in the, uh, in the yeah, yeah, but that's it. I mean, you know, uh, look, we, we need, we need grinders. Rough likes is, you know, Canadian or North American grinders. We got yep. one right there in the pipeline waiting just to get called up. So hopefully maybe he won't get shipped for Alex Holtz, uh, you know, send Holtz right. back to Utica, but, uh, yeah, no, Chase, Chase Stillman is a guy that we need for the future for sure. Awesome. Um, it's cool. Cool. Um, Ali, be good, buddy. Uh, we're about to watch the Devils game. It is 8 p.m. on uh, Thursday, November 2nd. And we got Ali call- calling in from uh, Montreal, talking some shit about Ruff and Holtz and Brendan Smith and the development of our players. And uh, it was good to have you on. So make sure you check out the Jack of Hearts on Twitter. Uh, we will be back uh, with the... We're going to hop right back into the uh, Trap Podcast uh, after the game tonight, and uh, we'll talk soon. Peace.